Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heeple falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brendan Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Back at Halo Haven, I am Dan Garcia. I'm the curator. And like I said, we're back at Halo Haven after having a week off. But everything's back to normal for us now, so that's that's good news. Yeah, Daniel had to take a little <laughs> vacation to yeah. Hawaii. No a little big deal. Bit, a little bit on, on location, a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> we're back now, and uh, everything's back to normal. So let's get into this week's uh, series. Obviously not the best series, but coming into it, a lot of momentum with the Dodgers, uh, the Angels-Dodgers series, the Angels taking two out of three from, you know, still a very good team, the Dodgers, who's struggling. But like I said, a team that can uh, break out of that slump at any point. So do you have any thoughts about that series, you know, seeing the Dodgers and the, and the Angels? Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers came to that series uh, falling fast, right? right? Start off that really crazy hot start, went into Chicago, Got rolled up there, um, lost like a you know double header, yeah. and so they were reeling, and then they come in. So it was a good time to have the Dodgers, especially. And then um, I think the game that most impressed me was the Sunday game where they held on yeah. to that very small lead after giving up what yeah. gave up fourteen the night before, and then you then they held on to that lead or that lead after a Walsh hit you know went ahead, and just to come in and shore that up and. And, you know, I just felt the anxiety, like all the good stuff that, you know, just to be in a ball game in the ninth inning. So, yeah, against Bauer, you and Bauer and, and you, just to watch Bauer, you know, to beat Bauer is kind of, well, you know, know, I think rewarding. Yeah, for but sure. I say, you know, Bauer's on the mound, so you need something. And when they start scoring or when they score that first run, the Dodgers, you're thinking, like, is that going to be enough? You yeah. know, so, yeah, so that was a great angels were kind of on a high fans were on a high uh, taking two out of three from the uh, Dodgers. But then, yeah, and then you could walk into work. You know, with you Chest know, with a little, little strut on Monday morning, knowing that all the you know the Dodger fans can't really say too much, you know. Right. So, so they get to Houston. Um, obviously, didn't end up the best series, but it kind of started off with kind of, in my opinion, a kind of a question mark with a bullpen game to start out. Alex Cobb went on the IL during that Dodger series with a blister issue, so you gave it to Junior Gara to start the game, and I don't know why, but it seemed like they were reluctant to call him an opener, even though it's pretty obvious that's what the idea yeah, was. You know, he was going one, maybe two. two. Yeah. And, and then I, you know, we were texting back and forth. like, Oh, great. Yeah. We'll it's see like, how that it's like almost like we conceded the game from the get go. Uh huh. And then I guess we'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll some so, place, but we actually, you know, you know, so for that game, when I saw that, the fact that it was going to like, like I mentioned, like a bullpen type of game, I had a huge question about what's going to happen. And if, you know, the angels can compete in this game. And, and that's kind of what happened. You know, junior guard again, goes to inning 
inning plus. So he gets into the second inning, but doesn't get it out. He gives up three hits, three earned runs, two walks, and two strikeouts. And so at this point, at the end of two, the Angels are down 3-0, and you're kind of thinking like, well, there goes that momentum because now you're into the bullpen. Now you're into uh, uh, Suarez came in after Gara, and a guy for a guy that hasn't started a game yet this year, not even in Salt Lake, because he was supposed to start, I believe, like on Saturday or something like that, and they scratched him for this reason. Mm-hmm. So he has no time with anything really baseball-related. And then just based on his track record for the last few years, he's been – it's been iffy at best. Right. So uh, he's been, yeah, he's been shelled quite a bit. And then for him to come in, and I think the, I think he was almost the highlight of the game, other than probably Jared Walsh. Right. Exactly. And Jared Walsh has a, <laughs> I mean, obviously, has has a huge game, and he all started it off in the fourth with this. Jared Walsh, the battery singled his last time up. Next pitch, this is lifted high in the air into right center, and that's going to drop and hit the warning track. Mike Trout is. Going into third, he is going to be waved home. The throw is going to be late. Trout scores all the way from first base. And like I said, double by Walsh, gets Trout home, cuts the lead to three to one. And if you watch that that replay of that, Trout is moving. He is still as fast as he was when he came up into the Millville meter. Right, he's still as just as fast as he was when he came up. You know, so many years ago now, it's, it's kind of crazy how how time flies with that. But Jared Walsh obviously wasn't done. You heard in the highlight, he already had a single to his name. He adds the double, and then he comes up again later in the game and pulls this out of his hat. Next delivery. That one is hit well down the right field side. It's tight to the line, and that ball is out of here. Boy, Jared Walsh having a big night for the Angels. Single, double, and now homer. And he has driven in both Angel runs. That cuts the Astro lead to 4-2. So the Angels were down 4-2 to at that point, and when Justin Upton gets in the batter's box right after Walsh, he does this. As a big leaguer. Oh, Jay up, get out of here, get going. Back to back, start the train. Oh, now we got something to talk about here, boys. Boy, Jay up going uptown funk, back to back. Because uptown funk don't give it to you. Because uptown funk don't give it to you. Exactly like Gooby says, uptown funk for Justin Upton. Back to back. Home runs, third time that's happened this season so far. Upton involved in all three. Wow! So they Good said stat. Yeah, they said it during during the the broadcast, and I remembered it because the, it stood out to me. It's like how often do you have back to back home runs? You know that early in a season, like I said, three that early in a season, and at least one guy is involved in all three. Is he finishing it? Is he the I didn't second look, I, every I, I time around? I didn't look at it to see if he's finishing it. So I think that that's where the pressure lies. I think, and honestly, where he's been batting in the lineup, I wouldn't doubt it. Like, you know, he's always kind of seems behind Walsh or behind Trout or yeah. behind Otani. Like, he always seems to be back behind those guys. Um, but, you know, it, it, there's been some games, too, where I think Walsh has been behind him. So I, that's something I have to probably look up and we can probably talk about next time. But, yeah, he's been involved in all three Home, uh, back-to-back home runs so far in the season for the Angels. So, like, at this point, the Angels are only down three to four, and this has been a whole new game. And Suarez kind of, like we mentioned before, came in, and he kind of um, struggled a little bit that first inning he came in, but kind of settled down. He ended up going four innings, giving up five hits, one earned run, three walks, one strikeout. And, again, the walks seem to be the issue right now with a lot of the angels pitchers. So, uh, but he was able to work out of some jams and which is good. And I, like I mentioned uh, Walsh 
and Upton start the sixth inning and they go back to back. So now it's three, four. Phil Gosselin comes up, you know, newbie guy kind of coming. Yeah, I was, I was kind of a little sketched out by Phil Gosselin. I was like, dude, where, where did this guy this? come from? Yeah. He remind me like of a, a poor man's uh, Rob Quinlan. A little bit, right? Yeah, right? I can see that. Uh, and then um, I'm kind of liking this guy. <laughs> no, and he's actually done really well so far filling in for Anthony Rendon, who is hopefully going to be back this weekend against Boston. But, yeah, he's done a really good job. He's come. He came in to this game looking to tie the game, and this is exactly what happened. Ground ball to shortstop, and the whole Correa picks it up, had trouble with it. Rojas scores, and the Angels have tied it in the sixth. So you hear Matty V. He ends up tying it in the six, 4-4 on an infield single. Hit hard. Correa bobbles it a little bit, gives him enough time to get down there, which is perfect. Not necessarily, you know, ball flying over the wall, but he's still producing runs. And I think when this team is at its best, um, I kind of mentioned with when they play in the Dodgers too, it wasn't necessarily home run after home run after home run. It was, you know, doubles and moving the guy over. And, like, obviously there's two home runs in this game, but – the key ones, you know, the tie and obviously end up taking the lead are all infield stuff. And so that just shows like when this team is playing kind of the small ball, 1985 ball, there you go. There there's, there's Joe Madden at his finest 1985 ball. Good vibes only. Um, and it seems like that's when the team performs the best. And Drew Brutera, another guy that is in because of injury. I was like, Drew Brutera. Was he just like on the team still? Like four or... years ago or something like that. I forgot. Should we just bring him up or? Yeah. So again, another guy, because of the so much injuries with the Angels right now, you need to find guys. And, and you know, at times when these guys perform, it looks great. But, you know, they are who they are. So you can't expect it every game. But we'll get the, you know, Drew ends up tying the game with this RBI bunt. B. Butera, the catcher. He shortens up, gets the bunt down. Here comes the go ahead run. Perfect execution from Butera, and the Angels have their first lead of the night. So, yeah, Drew Butera, bunt RBI to take the lead of this game, which ultimately would be the, the difference in this game. But he's actually done really good behind the plate. Solid, and I think the only run we got last night was because of Butera. So, yeah, so veteran catcher. Thirty-seven, so veteran. You can definitely say but, that. Yeah. But just to like jump into a pitching staff and have that rapport and you know that communication—that's right. That's a tough thing. Well, like, and he he even said, um, or they even mentioned that his first game catching was with Griffin Canning at, uh, I believe, in the Dodger series, um, and or maybe the series before that. And Drew literally met Griffin Canning like. An hour before first pitch, it's like, hey, just kind of like show up. Hey, it's like, uh, what do you, up, yeah, what do you throw? Up, what are the signs? Yeah, right. what do you throw? Help me out. What do you throw? Oh, cool. I won't be surprised. But he's done a great job behind the plate managing this staff. I think he's three and zero, not three and zero now, but I think he's three and one now with him behind the plate. But he's thirty seven, so you can't expect him to be catching three, four games, you know, back to back to back. Like it's still going to be a little bit of Kurt Suzuki, who has been. Not great, just to put it to put it bluntly, but you know they're gonna have to rotate. It seems kind of more regularly because they are both up in age. Yeah, I was just, I'm just glad that that uh, that sacrifice squeeze, or I would, I don't even know if I would call that a suicide squeeze, but I'm just glad the Angels are pulling stuff like that off. That's like one of the most exciting plays in baseball, especially too when he's 
because I don't think it's a, a suicide either because he's not breaking for home. He's, not, he's not running like he's stealing home. Right. So, but he's still, but Drew like still, 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 yeah, still or... seems like he's showing it a little bit early. So you can like, oh, I know they what they're still, doing. They, yeah. They still couldn't handle it. Though, right. So. Exactly. So they ended up taking the lead five to four. That would be the difference in the game. The Angels win five to four after a four run six inning. In this part of the game, kind of, I think summer hurts the Angels the rest of the week. And that is you had um, uh, Watson, Meyer, and Iglesias all come in. Uh, Watson comes in for the second day in a row, just off the IL, pitches the inning in two thirds. You had Myers come in for an inning, third day in a row. And then Iglesias also comes in for an inning, also third day in a row. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of going back to what we were talking about with the Dodgers. That Saturday game was great, and they came back. And it was, But they had to use so many arms to do that. Then obviously Sunday, with, an, with a chance to win a game, you're going to use those guys again, especially your top guys. And they win it, so that's great. And then this game, the same thing. They have a chance to win the game. They use your top guys. But now it kind of sets you back going forward. And I think that definitely played yeah. out in the next game. So those guys, you know, do their job, hold the seventh or, you know, for, for Watson, the sixth, part of the sixth, seventh and eighth in or ninth inning. Yeah. Seventh, eighth and ninth inning. Um, and they get the win. And now you're on like a two game mini winning streak. And for the angels, any kind of pretty big, I about to say for the angels, any winning streaks, <laughs> a good winning streak. So uh, obviously you go into Tuesday now, Otani on the mound, Otani at bat, you know, and, and we've seen a couple of Otani's outings here in Halo Haven. Um, together and we kind of always said the same thing is like it's that first inning is that first couple innings it's his walks can he control his stuff his stuff is so good that it just seems to move all over the place and sometimes it moves out of the zone so they put up a uh, stat little stat box in the in the game and it said his first inning era is at nine and then his second and on is was that like at 0.93 so it just showed like if he can handle not walking guys and get quick outs especially in that first inning, he should be able to hit cruise control. And that's exactly what happened in this game. First inning, I believe, was one, two, three, no walks. He looked great. He looked the best Otani I think we've seen, honestly, since he you know came to the Angels. And he, he put on an absolute performance. He goes seven innings, four hits, one earned run, the only run off of a Kyle Tucker home run, the fifth. And Kyle Tucker seemed to be the only guy that Kyle can. Kyle Tucker, man. Yeah, he's the angel only, killer. He's the only guy that been seems to be doing damage against uh, the angel, like you mentioned recently. But again, one walk, which for Otani, oh, it's huge. You get one walk and ten strikeouts. That's a I guess mentioned before. I I think that best outing by yeah he he doesn't take he doesn't get a win. Still right. best outing for sure. Oh, definitely. And two. And, of, and the length. I think the length getting him into what he went seven seven innings. But this is the thing. Plus. Comes down the eighth inning, you know your bullpen is already taxed. Like I mentioned, the top three guys are come out. We knew about Myers and we knew about Iglesias unavailable. Three days in a row, you're not going to pitch those guys four days in a row. You're yeah. just not. Watson, on the other hand, two days, but coming off the IL, an inning plus a day before. So you're that was a big question mark. Um, knowing that Otani going to seven innings, only at 88 pitches, what would you have done? Would you left them out there to at least to at least start the eighth inning and see what happens? Because if he gets what and something that was going on during the game 
was Houston was swinging really early in Otani's uh, counts. So there's a, there was a lot of first pitch outs by Otani. Well, yeah, I don't even know what the, the the stat is, but once you're once Otani has two strikes, basically you're done. You're done. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing was a like dual kin, right? Yeah. Finish him. Right. Like, like Mortal <laughs> Kombat, Kombat, right? Yeah. Like you're done. And uh, that's probably why they're just trying to get ahead because they know once they dig that hole, it's yeah. over. Yeah. So you, you already know they're, they're I don't know there. if I put them out there because I don't know. They're trying to be kid gloves with them still, just coming back from that injury and uh, getting him into seven. I think the seventh inning, I think that was just like a goal within itself. So I think um, if it was any other outing and you had maybe not all your guys available but say you have like iglesias available at least or myers one of them available i think that's fine but i think you need him to at least start the eighth you he doesn't necessarily need to finish but if he goes out in the eighth and throws one pitch right away and they go packing and he pops pops a guy up or he rolls over Right now you have an out in the eighth inning and you kind of already set the, the 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 tempo. But if that guy reaches because of a walk or a base hit, then yeah, okay, now you can do what they did, which was put him in right field because he was due up the next inning and hope no one hits the ball to him. But as a fan, I would have loved to see him at least start the eighth inning. And then if that first guy gets on, whether it be a walk or a strikeout, or even necessarily if it's like one of those at-bats where it's like a seven, eight pitch at-bat, then yeah, then you could probably pull him. But I think because the Astros were, were going so hard on that first pitch, you at least need to put them out there to see if they continue to do that and get themselves out really quick, which is exactly what ended up happening. Um, but what, you know, ended up happening, you know, throughout the game, but they take them out. Like I mentioned, put them in right field, you know, angels did a offensively struggle, but McCullers was, was on it. He goes, McCullers jr. Goes eight innings. Three hits, one and run, two walks, nine Ks, and he was at 96 pitches yeah. when he came out. So it's like if it was anyone else and it wasn't that kind of a pitcher's duel, you know, the Angels could probably very easily have won this game. But, you know, Grandin McCullers, he rose to the moment. And it's like it was it was an honest, honest to God pitching duel that I haven't seen in a really long time where these guys were getting outs left and right. Not a lot of base runners, not a lot of hits, not a lot yeah, of walks. Especially where they're playing too. Minute made to have a pitching. Oh, duel, anything, anything in the area you get like scared. That. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I can poke one to left field if just I really enough, got right? into it. Just like yeah. you know, if I had enough little speed off that. So, um, like I mentioned, so Otani goes to right in the eighth. They bring in Slagers. Slagers only goes one third of an inning, one hit, two earned runs, and a walk. So there, you're already kind of put yourself behind. They end up bringing Kaladiud after that. Uh, I believe he goes a, a third of an inning. He gets, yeah, a third of an inning. He gives up two hits, gives up two runs, and off one of them off a home run. So there you go. Now you're even, for this pitching duel that was, you know, going really quick and you're in the game, now you're down really, really, really quick. And then they bring up, or they bring in former, I don't know, not former, he's an angel now, but wasn't for a little while, no way Ramirez to kind of clean it up and, he absolutely just, you know, goes an inning in a third, gives up one hit, one walk. They get four runs in the eighth over three pitchers, too. And that, I, that's, and that's what's the frustrating part for me was, like, if you just put Otani, maybe he gets one of those outs, and, the, and then you no. take him out, and then you can change. Everything can change. So the Angels end up losing 5-1 uh, to one against Houston. And again, in an outing by Otani that was, I mean, unbelievable. The best outing he's yeah, had. Yeah, just all, all, all spoil something, you know, that great, but... And the, the, the 
what sucks too is Trout continues to struggle at Minute Maid. Um, if you remember the last series he was in, uh, when they were in Houston, when he got hit by the ball, the reason because he was mic'd up, the reason that he got confused or got hit by the ball was that he 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 admitted it. He's uh, he said on mic, I can never track the ball well here. He can never see the ball well. He thought it was going to be a slider, so he's already kind of dipping out to, to go after it. Ends up being a fastball, gets him on the elbow. So you know the struggles for him at Midmate are are legit for whatever reason. You know he just struggles, and it, it showed in this series. Um, you know he, I, he only he goes. And I think he went hitless on Tuesday. I think he maybe got one hit on Monday. Doesn't play Wednesday. So again, his Midmate series wasn't great. A key hit and some key situations in this game would have went a long way. But, you know, how do you feel about Trout's struggles at Minute Maid? Or just, you know, it's kind of crazy out of yeah. all the parks this guy struggles with because I feel like if he just barely pops something up, he's going to, it's going to go out. Right. Um, I wonder if it has anything to do with like the center field um, that's backdrop. A, that's the only with thing. Like, with like Tows Hill being removed. That's one thing and I can think putting of. putting up that like, you know, the H, H and, the and the star right. and all that stuff. I don't know if that's part of it. I don't know because it's like even, I mean, it's not like it's his, every, crypt, it's his kryptonite. kryptonite. Maybe I don't know. So I was like, I'm thinking if at any point, if Angels, any place this guy's gonna crush the ball out of, it's gonna, gonna be. I mean, you can, yeah. And that's what sucks too. It's like if they end up playing them at any point in the playoffs, whether it be this year, next year, or whatever, you just hope that the Angels have home field advantage at that point because, you know, it's just, yeah, it's cannot, crazy. Yeah, it, it is apparent for sure. And, he, I mean, and, and, and it's and it's kind of crazy too because he admitted it too. He he even said again, mic'd up the last series before this with Houston. I can't track the ball. I can't see the ball here that well. And it's just kind of crazy. You think, you know, he's been uh, known to take a lot of BP in cage in the cage work below the stadium, especially at Angel Stadium. I wonder if he's and again, I mean, I'm not there. We don't go. To, I haven't gone to Houston at all. I, I wonder if he's taking BP in the cage at Houston, or if he still kind of sits in his routine as far as getting, you know, at bats in the, in the cage underneath. But it's like, if you're not doing it on the field because you're having that trouble seeing the ball, it's like, you, yeah, probably, you need to be on the field, man. Yeah. So, um, like I mentioned a really, a really crappy, uh, game. Cause you had that huge outing by Otani, the great outing by Otani. And it just kind of, I don't know for fans. I think I could just kind of set the mood going into the final game of the series on Wednesday where, you had no Trout, you had no Fletcher, and you had no Upton. All "quote unquote" scheduled days off. What is this like NBA load management? Well, or like, what? what what I find super interesting about that is that you had Otani pitch the night before, eighty something pitches. Like I mentioned, eighty eight pitches. Don't trust him to go in the eighth inning, but he's still batting the next day. It's like if yeah. any one of those should three, have the day off. It should, it should be, be Otani, of course. So it's like. I don't know if there's any, again, we don't know, but like Upton, I can understand. He came off the IL not too long ago with, with a knee issue. So that kind of made sense. Um, but for Fletcher and Trout, I'm just thinking like, dude, one if, of them I, if I'm mad and I'm like, if you're over 35, day off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> under 30, you get playing. up. Yeah, get on. You're young. Yeah, exactly. But I, that's the one thing I didn't understand. It's like if Otani can pitch and pitch the way he did, he's not getting the day off. You know, why is, you know, if you want to give up the day off, great. If you want to give Fletcher the day off, great. But, like, okay, keep trying the lineup. Because there was no, absolutely no threat in that lineup. I mean, Walsh has been doing great, but I don't think he is a 
cleanup guy. Like he's that yeah. he fits great in that fifth, sixth spot. You know, um, same thing with Ward. Ward homered in this series, which was his first hit, or he got his first home run last series. He got another home run this series, but it's not. I mean, that still isn't the threat that uh, an Otani, uh, Trout, Upton, you know, two, three, four. Yeah, I feel like they basically conceded the game. They which said, is frustrating right off the bat. You no, know, it's like as a fan, you're like, okay. Yeah, cool. so that that was that sucked. You had Andrew Haney on the mound, and you're, so maybe you're hoping for him to repeat the outing he had last time where yeah. he was really good. But he ended up going five and a third inning, nine hits, five runs, five strikeouts. He has five five on it for the Tyler Skaggs Foundation. No walks. So I, guess, I got five on there it. There you go, <laughs> and five no walks, which is which is good, but gives up three home runs. And like you mentioned with the, with Houston. It's like you get that ball elevated, man, and it's just – it's it's they have a thing now, and they've been doing it more and more during the broadcast where if it's a home run that kind of looks kind of, you know, suspect or not very far, they'll be like, oh, they'll have it. They'll pull it out like the next time around. That would have only been a home run in like three out of the 30 ballparks or something like that. And I feel like Crawford boxes and all that stuff is, has a lot. The home runs that probably wouldn't be home runs other places. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, locally. There's like a little league field called Shamo Park, and like when you you set a ball, like you know, like in high school, they're like, "Oh, that's out at Shamo." Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, cool." But we're not there. But yeah, we're not there. Yeah, cool. So, like I mentioned, obviously Andrew Haney had struggles. Very first pitch of the game gives up a home run to Altuve. So, in a way. You know, I guess it foreshadowed what was going to happen, but he ends up giving a home run to Altuve on the very first pitch, then another two-run home run to Gratterall, who has been an absolute another angel killer this last uh, series. And that all happened in the first inning. So before you can blink, they're down 3-0 with a lineup, like I mentioned before, with no Trout, no Fletcher, no Upton, and no Rendon because he's on the IL. And no pool holes. And no pool holes. We'll get to that later. Um, but so no th- – real threat and you just kind of felt this game was out of hand and it was going to happen and that's exactly what happened kyle tucker home run in the sixth inning two run shot uh you know pa- uh patrick sandoval a guy that a lot of people have been looking forward to like seeing in the rotation and, and to this point he has looked really good um this was a kind of his rough outing if you will he goes only two innings gives up four runs off of two home runs so um you know not great by him. Maybe he still ends up working his way into the rotation at some point, but a, a tough day for him and tough day for Angels pitchers overall. Losing the game 9-1, to one, losing the series to Houston, uh, two games of one. So you had that momentum coming in against the Dodgers. You looked good that Monday game. You looked like everything was working. You pitched right when you needed it. You got hits when you needed it, and then the rest of the, the series was not great. It's something like we were talking about earlier. I kind of looked it up about giving all these guys days off, like I mentioned, Trout, Fletcher, Upton, Rendon because he's hurt, but not Otani the day after he pitches. And that's was a big thing coming into this year was like, we're not going to rest him the day before and we're not going to rest him the day after if he's feeling good. So I looked up to it. I looked into it. Otani, day after he starts, the, the, just this season, kind of a mixed bag or kind of like feast or famine. He's only batting 200 the day after he hits or pitches, but he has... Three hits, two of them are home runs and three RBIs. So it's kind of like it's either he's going to go yard or he's not going to do anything at all because there's a couple offers in there too. 
So I don't know if that's something they they look at down the line as far as maybe we do give him that day off, especially if he goes seven innings, 88 pitches, and he's, you know, extended pretty pretty far. I think it's like, do we have a better option there? Yeah, I mean. I think there's, there's probably not a better option. But see, so like, too, like, in, in this situation, if he does sit the day after the after the game or after he pitches, you can very easily then slide in Trout or slide in Upton at that DH. So it's not a full day off. It's a partial day off because now they're at least off their feet. They're only batting. They're not on the field. And what really kind of surprised me, too, with the quote-unquote day off for those guys is, A, recording this Thursday night. They didn't play today, so they already had a day off coming. And, and B, it wasn't a, a, a day game after a night game. All these games this series were all at, um, what was it, 5 o'clock uh, Texas time, or 5 o'clock here, 7 o'clock Texas time. So it wasn't a quick turnaround, which obviously kind of question, gave it a question mark a little bit, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because I do remember when Cal Ripken went 2,135 straight games of yeah, not yeah. having a day off. But anyways, that's never I digress. That's anyways. never going to be broken. So yeah. like I mentioned, anyways, um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it, it sucks to lose to the guys like that. It sucks that you had all this momentum and it seems to be gone now going into the Boston series. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, before that, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with the Curators Chronicles. You work hard and you play hard. So treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteak.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it super easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City strip, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even a complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your home this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD. That's KansasCitySteaks.com. Promo code SD. Again, that's KansasCitySteaks.com. Promo code SD. Sports, culture, takes. Takeline has it all. Takeline is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy Award winner Jason Compression and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast paced exploration of the NBA and the world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, conversations, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear Take Line every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast. It is a beautiful day for a ball game. This is the Curator with another edition of the Curator's Chronicles. Today we bring you a swap meet find. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is to go to the swap meet. Um, obviously. A, yeah, obviously, if right? You, if, you, if you follow us on Instagram, you, you know, know exactly you know all about, about that. that. Yeah. So anything we post, like if I 
do a little story of something. A lot of times I actually leave that out in the wild. So if you're following me <laughs> if us you're nearby. and you're in the greater Inland Empire area, you can go snag that. I'm giving you a little bit lead, like a little pro tip for you. <laughs> um, but this is something I found uh, probably like seven years ago in my swap meeting. And I, I rescued this from the oily pavement over in Rubido. And I was pretty proud of this, being that this guy was one of my favorite players growing up. And this thing's pretty worn, pretty chipped up. But this Brian Downing bat, if you're watching online, you can see it. I'm moving it to the camera. Uh, Brian Downing swung a heavy worth bat uh, known as a Tennessee thumper. Uh, Brian <laughs> Downing um, started off as a catcher with the Angels, ended up being a power hitter back in the 80s. Um, which you weren't seeing all that. He got all juiced. I don't. I don't know if he's juiced. No, uh, well, bad word choice. I bad. didn't mean juiced. I mean he lifted a lot of weights. He yoked. This guy got yoked up. And one of the classic things, going back to our um, Johnny, Johnny used to collect Halo magazines, and there's a classic Halo magazine with Brian Downing in a phone booth, looking like Superman with the with the Superman under the Angels okay. jersey. So he was he was big like big right. he was hitting bombs but i found a this is actually a game used bat by brian downing and obviously some kid used it probably in After the backyard the fact, yeah. but i got this thing for five bucks and brian downing again is one of my favorite players um actually jumped on the angels team bus when they were leaving back in the, the day story, yeah. the good old days and brian downing and was there shot. yeah 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 you weren't getting shot you weren't gonna get tased but um, the good well. old days, how baseball should be. But um, Brian Downing uh, is dear to my heart. Uh, he doesn't come around the stadium too much, doesn't sign too much. Um, but this is uh, another thing that we house in the garage, uh, something that anything game used is something that I'm looking for. And to find that out in the wild on the oily pavement was pretty rewarding. So <laughs> that is another edition of the Curator's Chronicles. Um, thank you for tuning in and be, be stay tuned for more finds probably this weekend. There you go. Halo underscore Haven on Instagram. Let's go. So like I mentioned before, the Boston Red Sox uh, are the Angels' next opponent. Angels are already in Boston for a three-game series, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So to preview the Boston series, I talked to Boski, another guy from the Sunday League, the podcast, Boston fan. So like I mentioned, I'm, you're going to see in the video, I said that. I'm like, perfect guy to have on. We talked about everything Boston and what has made them so good so far this year. And here you go. Another member of the Sunday League, the podcast. He's a Red Sox fan, and with the Red Sox <laughs> coming into town this weekend, he is a perfect guy to have on. Uh, Boski, how are you doing today? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, hey, pleasure to be on. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we had your yeah. buddy on DH uh, a couple weeks ago. He's a Mariners fan. We have you right. on, the Red Sox fan. I was going to try to get Rube on, but I was in Hawaii on vacation and the wife was already right. kind of looking at me weird about, Hey, you're doing a podcast. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I probably can't get an interview. And in. so I'm like, I'll, I'll wait till August. Like I'll get them in, but it's like, you know, bad timing. But like I mentioned, Red Sox are in town or angels are going to be in Boston for a three game set. Um, right. First thing I want to ask you is how does it feel to have the number one team in baseball right now? Uh, honestly, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm spoiled, man. I'm spoiled. I've been, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> since 2004. I mean, I think I fell in love with the Red Sox back in like 97, 98, 99. Uh, Nomar is my favorite player, you know, of all time. I, uh, I felt like I was like very, I could relate to him so much, just like how, you know, style of play positions, you know, Jersey number, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, growing up, uh, you, you like the typical players, you know, Griffey. And uh, then, you know, I, I came across uh, Manny Ramirez. And when he went to Boston, it's kind of it's like when I really just like, I know I fell for Boston. And um, but uh, like I said, you know, I'm spoiled uh, since 2004. We we uh, broke the curse of the Bambino in uh, 2007. Right. We won again, uh, 13 and then recently in 18. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Well, at least at least as the Angel fans, we can at least say we have one more than the Mariners. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we can at least say we're even with the Dodgers as long as I've been following baseball. And that's kind of all that matters. So there's that. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Boston, like you said, off to a great start. Number one team power ranking wise by MLB.com this week. What, in your opinion, has been working for you guys? Uh, the hitting, man. We can we can outslug just about anybody. Uh, they're currently on a bit of like a mini slump, like a whole team slump mm -hmm. uh, with the A's coming into town uh, right before you guys. Uh, you know, it's not, it's a little frustrating. Like we started just this game er, uh, earlier today. Uh, the Red Sox had bases loaded with nobody out and they only were able to get one run out of it on a walk. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. so, so, but uh, really it's a, uh, their, um, their hitting is top notch and their starting pitching is doing surprisingly well. Uh, they, how can I put it? The starting pitching, I saw a stat on one of the broadcasts is the starting pitching is, is probably like second or third in the league in any pitched. Oh, wow. You know, and uh, that's something that we didn't have last year. Like, I really feel like we probably tanked 2020, you know, season, <laughs> <laughs> season that didn't count, of course. Right. Exactly. But, uh, I mean, you know, starting pitching is holding up. I'd say our middle relief is not, it's, it's, it's still, it's still, you know, getting ironed out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, the tail end of our bullpen is, it's, it's solid, man. So like, I think, I think once it really, really gets going, and everything just clicks again, like we did in the beginning of the season. Like we got swept by Baltimore to open up the our, right. our opening series, yeah. And then we went just on a run, uh, nine straight, and just kind of have kept the pace since then. And it's funny too, because uh, you kind of mentioned it the the series before the Angels come to town. You're you're playing the the Oakland A's, and the Oakland A's same thing kind of had that start like Boston, where they got swept by the Astros, and the games weren't even close. I think they were outscored like twenty two to three in that three game set. And, and same thing with you guys. You guys. Obviously, got swept by Baltimore at the beginning of the season. You guys turned it around. A big part of that looks like offensively, like you mentioned, just hitting the ball over the place is J.D. Martinez. He's been um, the offensive leader in that clubhouse. Um, yeah, is, along is that with uh, along with Xander Xander Bogarts, and uh, also he's not as consistent. But uh, Rafael Devers, I mean, these guys are, they bat uh, three, three, four, five, mm -hmm. and you got and you got Verdugo right in front of them, like it they're they're consistent man like who do you pitch to right you know that's that's what it comes down to and, and you know like you mentioned J, uh, jd uh i think he's a uh, second in the first or second he's tied with otani right for yeah uh, they're first in the al league. al but second in the, in the uh in baseball because as we recorded yeah. this i believe uh acuna hit a home run last night and he has 11 yeah and then you have i mean jd endeavors they're boasting at the top of the league in rbis yeah. You know, you're knocking in runs. Uh, Devers right behind them in home runs and, and doubles. Like it's it's crazy, man. You have uh, Xander Bogart. He leads the leads the league in in hits. JD right behind him. Right. You know. Yeah, you, so 
you look at your top four guys batting average wise, and some people like to use batting average, and I kind of understand you know the premise of why not everyone likes it, but you look at your top four guys, they're all batting above 275 batting average wise, you know, and obviously Bogart's mm-hmm. 336 and then Martinez 333, they're able to put the ball in play. Was this kind of expected? I guess it's nice now that it's happening, but was this kind of expected, this kind of production from these guys coming into the season? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, they, they they've been doing this since uh, since uh, 20, 2018, when JD came came to to Boston. Uh, he signed his five year deal or whatever it is, and um, I mean Bogart has always been consistent. He's he's always been a tough out. I mean every now and then, just like anybody else, they have their their crappy at bats, you know. But right. But um, I mean De- Devers is hot and cold, you know. But when he when he's hot and dude's unstoppable. He, put, he puts up those fantasy numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and then, time. too, I mean, you guys lost Mookie, um, you know, a couple years ago. Yeah. Was that – was the loss of Mookie, you know, obviously his offensive play is something that's hard to replace. But seeing these guys kind of develop, whether it be Bogarts, whether it be – well, J.D. was kind of already established then. But, like, seeing these younger guys, these other guys come up, was that, you think, a reason why they were okay with leaving or letting Mookie go pretty much for, you know, not a whole lot? Um, well, uh, in, in my opinion, they did get back, uh, some solid pieces, you know, with Verdugo, uh, they got Jeter Downs as well. And, uh, right. another guy by the name of, uh, uh, I keep, I always call him Colton Wong, but he's a catcher. He, he's like in their double A <laughs> system, but his last name's Wong. Um, so I, I feel like, uh, you know, they got, they got back some solid pieces and I feel like, uh, their, their clubhouse chemistry just, it just clicks with these guys a lot better. And now that we signed also, uh, uh Enrique Hernandez, you know, he came over from LA, uh, you know, just, it, it's all about that clubhouse chemistry. And I, I feel, I feel once Mookie was traded, which I'm, you know, I'm still a little salty about, of course, like you don't, right. you, you don't trade a generational player like that, you know? And, but it, it, it at first it was kind of like, man, like, like this sucks, you know, but, <laughs> But but in the end, uh, I feel like like the, it was for you know for the future, right? Definitely for the future. It was business decision. But although I feel like they could have they could have afforded to to sign him and give him the money he was asking for, as far as Mookie's concerned. So you talk about clubhouse chemistry, and that's really interesting too, because obviously with Alex Cora back in mm-hmm. in the clubhouse being the manager, obviously last year because of the whole uh, Astros, and he was kind of at the tail end of it as far as who got caught up in it. But do you think that's the main reason why these guys are performing the way they are is just familiarity with Cora? Cause obviously, like I said before, he was there before he got sent away for a year. So he's back. Yeah. So there's a familiarity mm-hmm. with that. And just, you know, obviously around baseball, you always hear about a, how good of a guy he is as far as relating to his players. Is that, do you think is a big reason why a, the, the chemistry is the way it is and B they're performing the way they are. Um, definitely, uh, Alex Cora has a lot to do with it, and um, you know, he's, you, you mentioned that he was suspended for that one year with his uh, involvement with the Astros, and I mean, he had a whole year to watch these guys from outside of the box. You know, it, it's a different perspective, like on field and off field, and he was watching them on TV, and he—I'm sure he learned so much. Like, I can't speak for him, of course, but he, he learned so much about about um, you know the players that he was managing previously, and and then him getting hired back on. Which I didn't think he was actually going to get. Uh, okay. I, yeah, it, I, I could, I was, I was certain it was going to go to somebody else. But um, you know, nonetheless, uh, you know, he knows how to manage his players, and and just he has, he has so many team players on on this team. Like there isn't one guy that's just like, oh, it's all about me, it's all about me, and 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like he, he manages his bullpen well at for the most part, at least. You know, any manager get they get a lot of a lot of crap for for how they manage their bullpen, of course. Um, they also say that he pulls his starters out a little too early, but you know, like I mentioned earlier, uh, they're they're you know t- one of the top in the league in uh, innings pitched by starters. You know, so so Alex, you know, you know, to to get back to your question, uh, Alex Core definitely has plenty to do with with all of this, and you know, he's he's learned he's learned a lot. And in 2019, he kind of had like his sophomore slump, you could say, as a manager, after they won the, the you know their 2018 World Series. Um, you know, so he went through his, his sophomore slump as a manager, and then all this stuff happened, you know, with Houston in the past and all that. But yeah, in the end, uh, yeah, I feel like you know Alex Cora is definitely. Uh, a big, a big role, a big role that, that I don't feel anybody else could have filled. One name that is absent from the from the roster due to injury, and you know, is a name that a lot of people recognize is Chris Sale. Yes. Obviously, missed all of last year with an injury. What is the latest that you've heard or read? Is he going to be back this year? Is he not going to be back this year? Is he, you know, is there a timetable in which he would be back? Um, uh, late June, early July. He's already thrown off a mound. Um, it's not it's not at a hundred percent, of course, but he's starting to get familiar with the mound again. Um, so yeah, the, the they're saying that it's about late June, early July, and I'd say around that time is when the Red Sox will have their identity in the league established. Because I feel mm-hmm. like right now they're just kind of back and forth, back and forth. Although they are at the top of the league, um, I mean they're slumping right now. There's something right now, and the next, uh, I want to say the next two months is when they're really going to get tested as far as who they're playing. So if we're still in contention by then, I, I feel like like it's going to be the perfect time for Chris Sale to come to come back. How comfortable yeah. are you with him on the mound due to like his injury history? Like, are you like it's more like it's more as a fan, like you know, as Angel fans, you get guys that are on the mound and you're always kind of wincing every time he pitches because he always seems like he's one pitch away from being hurt or, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, something like that. Is, is that kind of where you're at with Chris Sale right now? It's like when he's on, great, but you're always worried in the back of your mind that this could be a, a pitch that, you know, he he stops and grabs something or or starts like, you know, moving his shoulder a certain way. Is that how it is with him? Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Just his, his pitching mechanics, I feel like his elbows is going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he does Again. it. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I mean, yeah, I mean that's why you know he ended up getting Tommy John, and I feel like they've really taken their time with him for his rehab, and um, and I really I'm, I'm confident that he's gonna come back, come back strong, and and once he gets gets comfortable back on the mound, and um, I mean, look out, look out's gonna be another, he's gonna be, reclaim his league as league leader in strikeouts in the league. Who in your in your pitching rotation lineup, or not lineup, pitching uh, rotation or bullpen has surprised you who's done well this year you know a guy out of the bullpen so maybe a starter that has really surprised you so far uh nick pavetta uh, nick pavetta we traded for him uh i want to say last year we traded away brandon workman and uh uh heath Embry or something like that mm-hmm. we traded them away and both of those players are no longer with the phillies and um uh to my understanding the rays were trying to trade for nick pavetta but with Hein Bloom being the GM that came over from the Raves, like you know, he kind of had already the inside scoop. So, uh, yeah, he he's probably uh, one of my favorite uh, guys right now. I mean, uh, not to pull up his stats real quick, but uh, I mean, he's throwing really, really solid right now. He's sitting at uh, where is he? Three nineteen ERAs, five and zero. 
Yeah, uh, 35 pitches, 1.25 whip. Mm-hmm. Um, the 28-year-old, yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, that's good, too, because I never heard the guy before. But, I mean, like yeah. I said, you know, I, I, I kind of watch Boston when they are either in Anaheim or Anaheim goes there. But, yeah, yeah I mean, you get these guys that are off the radar, I think, is a big factor in a lot of teams when they are doing well because you expect, you know, you have Evaldi and you expect him to perform, you know, how, you know, yeah. a, certain, a certain way. But when you get guys that, aren't expected to perform that way and they do um obviously it it's, it's it helps the team tremendously what about um what about evaldi what is how's he been looking this year and how's he been um that i'm guessing the team's number one starter um well actually uh he started off pretty hot you know and he he throws hard uh he grunts just about on every pitch so he's kind <laughs> of a psychopath out there but um he's another guy that he's been uh his elbows just you know, it's exploded on him several times. Um, excuse me. He, um, where was I going with it? He, um, I mean, in the end, you know, Ivaldi, he, his stuff is there, but I feel like he's just, he might be pressing a little too much. So it's, it's kind of messing with his control. And, but when he's on, he's on. I mean, you've seen him in 2018, uh, in what was it, game three of the World Series. Dude, dude through six six innings of relief in an 18 inning marathon you know and i feel like that star was what uh, got his contract it earned him his contract you know but um yeah Eovaldi right now i feel uh he's not our he might be our number four honestly as far as how, how they're all doing wow that's that's something when he can be your four um a, a guy that angel fans will know and, and mm-hmm. they remember and they really liked when he was in Anaheim, he's pitching tomorrow, so he, the Angels will not see him yeah. uh, this weekend. Is Garrett Richards? How's he been this year for you guys? Um, he's another guy that uh, his stuff is nasty. He he's his spin rate and all that stuff that they measure. I don't get too caught up in all that, but just from what I like, I catch on the broadcast. Uh, his, his spin rate on his fastball, his curveball, like it, it's it's up there. It's it's one of the top ones, and um, uh, he struggled early on big time but they did they 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 talked about some pitching mechanics that they changed up like he's kind of just pitching from the stretch now in a way he doesn't go through a windup and because he's a little taller his his arms and legs are all over the place so it kind of i would imagine it throws off his balance um so i i i feel like they just got his mechanics to be more compact and since then he he's been a lot better it's been a lot better and um it's funny because i remember still the game that uh he was pitching for anaheim in boston at maybe 2015 or so uh, yeah it, uh, 2015 or 16 yeah yeah and he blew out his knee on uh covering the covering bag at first. first yeah that was actually yeah because to that point because i think it was a little bit later in the year if i remember correctly like mm-hmm. uh mid to late summer he was actually like in the lead for like uh cy young that year he was having a great mm-hmm. year yeah and that happened and then the rest is kind of history he came back from that and then uh uh, Tommy John and then he went to San Diego and then now he's with you guys so but definitely always been a fan favorite with with Angel fans since you know obviously you see a guy grow up and develop and get some serious playing time with the team you kind of grow attached to him a little bit but so going into this weekend Angels and and Red Sox Griffin Canning's getting the start for the Angels on on Friday Friday Angel, yeah any any ideas because Boston has yet to officially announce any of the starters for this weekend. But any ideas in the back of your head who might begin that start on Friday? Uh, Nick Pavetta was supposed to get that start. 
okay. uh, just for, just based off of the uh, the the rotation that I I kind of just went back and looked at it. Right. Uh, it was supposed to be Nick Pavetta, but he got placed on the COVID uh, list. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's he, kind of tricky because they can come back at any point, pretty much. But I mean, yeah, he seems kind of fast for it, even with that. I agree. Um, but uh, they did call up Eduardo Bazardo. I don't have too much on him, but uh, he's a lefty. Okay. He's a lefty. They they call him up from the training side or or maybe from AAA. I'm not sure. But uh, for yeah, so he's going Friday. Saturday is going to be uh, Martin Perez, and Sunday okay. Nate Yovaldi. So what what do you know about Perez? How's he been? Because he's going against Bundy, the Angels. Um, you know, opening day starter, but has had troubles as uh, as of late. So it's not necessarily a guaranteed kind of yeah. duel. But how's Perez been doing so far this this season? Um, he's a grinder, man. He's a grinder. He 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 always wants to go more than five, but I feel like they just keep pulling him at at, at the wrong time, and it, it kind of bites the socks, you know, bites him in the ass a little bit. And but uh, he's a grinder. He's he's a little bit of a soft tosser. He can touch ninety five every now and again. Uh, but uh, he's he's like one of those hard nosed lefties, like an old school hard nosed lefty. Um, but he he stays cool, calm, and collected. And um, you know, he's two seamer. Uh, I, I want to say he throws a cutter. Okay. Yeah, what but about- he, uh, he he's been he's been pretty solid uh, for the most part, especially last season in, in the 2020, where I feel like the Sox were just not interested in playing at all. <laughs> yeah, he was probably him and Verdugo were like the only two that wanted to be there. Oh, it seemed yeah. like. <laughs> and then um, Sunday, a getaway game, early game here on the West Coast, 10 o'clock a.m. Yeah. start. Um, Jose Quintana, a better outing his last time out was able to go pretty deep into the game. Um, is, any idea who's going to start Sunday for Boston? Uh, Eovaldi. Eovaldi's going to be that yeah, guy. Yeah, it seems like Eovaldi's the one that's lined up for that. And Because I was looking for it too earlier, and uh, it, nothing's posted. So so as of right now, it looks like it's going to be Eovaldi. And, uh, you, you, you'll see how hard-nosed he is. He Everything he throws, it probably stays between 98 and 100 all game, fastballs-wise. And you know, but he has he has a cutter, got a curveball, uh, the split. A, he's got. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. If you had to pick one of the, or like you had to pick one of the three games to be a pitching duel, two two to one, you know, two zero, something like that, out of the three, which pitcher do you think is most likely to have that kind of an outing? Uh, it would have been Pavetta. Yeah, yeah, definitely Pavetta. I feel like I feel like Givaldi, he walks too many guys, mm-hmm. and and Perez is very hittable. He's very hittable. If he if he makes a mistake, they're gonna hit it. They're gonna hit it. And yeah. Then on but, the flip side yeah. too. So who who do you think is gonna be if if you know where if it snows starts snowballing, it can get out of hand pretty quick. Um, as far as the three uh, starters from this um, weekend, yeah. Oh, definitely Perez. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would be Perez. I mean, I I mean any given day, like you know, these guys right. are major league hitters, you know. But uh, yeah, my best guess, I, I'm probably going with uh, with Perez, just because you know he's 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 so hittable, you know, if he's not on. Yeah, I mean, I think for us, probably the the guy that would be kind of the shutdown would always be Bundy because he's has done it before. He's done it a number of times against high level opponents, and then I think the guy that could give up the most. Obviously, is Jose Quintana having one good quality start out of the year, so you're kind of hoping he's able to build off it. But if he kind of resorts to uh, starts past, he can get ugly quick in Boston yeah. on Sunday. So, oh, definitely. Um, I mean, and you know, like I said, like they're slumping right now for the last two, three games. I mean, we slumped against uh, Baltimore. We've slumped against Detroit for a little bit. Like it, it's crazy, man. Uh, but like I said, yeah, yeah, dude. It, and um, 
but like I said, you know, these guys could bust out at any given time. They'll they'll put a 15 spot on you real quick. Yeah, and that's going to be interesting too because the Angels hopefully gain back Anthony Rendon at some point. He said he wants to be back this weekend. Didn't say exactly what day, but if Anthony Rendon is in is in the lineup, Yuri at Trout, yeah. uh, Otani, Upton, uh, those those two guys, Upton and Trout on two days rest. Same thing with Fletcher. Um, Rendon coming back. So, yeah, I think it has an opportunity for both teams to kind of, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like one of those Dodger games when they played the Dodgers last last week when it was 11 mm-hmm. to oh, slug. Yeah. I, I love I love me some slugfest, man. But, like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, you know, pitchers duel, it can be a little boring. But but again, like that's the beauty of it. Like it's a pitchers duel. Like it, it just depends on how you how you perceive the game and you know, perspective no, right. is everything. Yeah. yeah, perspective is everything is what I always tell these guys, you know, so. Yeah, you're absolutely right too. Because it's like it depends if it's a if it's a weekday game and I gotta go to work the next day. I want a pitching duel. I want it to be done by ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah let's get if it over if with. It's, if it's a weekend and it's a slugfest and it goes four plus hours, I'm like, all right, cool, I can do that. That's not a big deal. But yeah, I, I think for me it depends on the day of the week <laughs> because I'm not trying. There's a couple. There's one time where uh, was it 19 where the Angels were in like a 14 or 15 game inning game and it's like uh-huh. it was on a tuesday or wednesday and i'm up at 11 30 just like i don't want to go to sleep because i'm afraid as soon as i go to sleep my phone's gonna ding with an update like a walk off <laughs> or something like i don't want to miss it and then right you know, and all that stuff is going through your head so like i gotta stay through it so definitely yeah how, how do you ahead. feel how, how do you feel with the about the like the extra inning games with the runner on second and all that like, i feel I, yeah it, it, it could be like either or right <laughs> yeah i like the idea of it i've been seeing it in the minor league season or game for so long so i kind of understand it more i have a better understanding of it than tony Larusa does i feel so um that's one thing for me but then also i wish it happened like in the 12th give the guys mm. an opportunity to like win it straight up and then if it gets to that 12th inning or 11th inning or whatever, then implement it. I wish they just would give the teams opportunities to win it the normal way. Kind of yeah. like in, in hockey, you have one period of a normal kind of normal, or they used to have like a period of a normal hockey. And then if that period doesn't work out, like, and now we're going to shootouts or now we're changing it yeah. up. Like I wish they would give them at least two innings, try to, you know, try to win it. And if not, we're doing this rule because that, that extra game, that extra inning game that I was talking about earlier I remember the Angels going through the whole bullpen and, and even like the next day started because the arms were gone and that actually hurt the Angels for the next like week trying to catch up and try and do, yeah. you know, send guys down, bring guys up. The guys brought up aren't, you know, MLB ready necessarily. So the cost of games there, like I understand that fact of we got to save some of these pitchers arms. So I like that idea. I just wish they would do it like in the 11th inning or something like that. Give them an opportunity first and then make it kind of, yeah. make it kind of weird. Yeah. There was a game, uh, the Red Sox against the Tigers where it was, it was like the first game of the series. I don't remember who was throwing, but the Red Sox put like, like, like a five spot on him and early on. And he only got like one out. So they took him out in the first inning with one out. Um, I want to say the next day they went, they went extras again, like 13 innings maybe. And, uh, and that dude ended up pitching like at the end of that game. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. it's, it's, weird how the, it's the same thing. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Bullpens, man. Like you got to conserve the bullpens one way or the other. Yeah. Cause like, especially if you win that game, you're still, you know, you're still screwed the next week. If you lose yeah. that game, you're still screwed the next week. So it's like, yeah. at what point is that one win might cost you four in the next week kind of deal. So it's, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't, I like it, but at a certain point, not necessarily right off the bat. Yeah. Um, I actually had a question for you about Jared yeah. Walsh. 
Yeah. Jerry Walsh, isn't he? He's a two way player, or he was supposed to be? Used to be. Used to be. So, okay. Jared Walsh, friend of the podcast. Um, when we last talked to him at the end of 2020, when he had that kind of a breakout month, mm-hmm. um, AL Rookie of the Month for the month of, uh, for last month of the season, I asked him, like, you know, are you planning to go pitch? What happened was he injured a shoulder at spring training and you know he was never going to be the otani pitcher like everyone's like oh he's a two-way guy he's never going to be the otani guy he was going to be a guy that they can bring out of the bullpen and how they use him was they brought him out of the bullpen when you know it was out of hand or maybe it was like a three-run game and not out of hand yet but wasn't necessarily a key situation he was never a high leverage guy so when he kind of tweaked his arm a little bit in in 2020 he just kind of said okay i'm gonna take the year off pretty much from pitching and just focus yeah. offensively. And now he's kind of just totally taken off and I, there's no plans for him to go back to pitch. I mean, he's, okay. he's going to be your everyday first baseman now. So there's absolutely no reason for him to kind of go back and, and experiment with that when there's no need really right now. Yeah. Now with him moving over to first, I mean, obviously, you know, Pujols is out just like that. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, I mean, do you, do you feel like it was mutual or it was like Pujols' decision? Like he asked for it for a release maybe. I, I mean, all the reports that are coming out is that, Albert wanted to play and I, mm. the angels kind of stood up to him and said, well, that's great. But we have Otani DHing, who is probably, you know, in the lead for MVP between what he's doing on mm. the mound and doing that at the plate. And then we have this young kid, Jared Walsh, that is, you know, higher on base percentage, higher home yeah. runs, higher, like everything, higher, you know, defensive coverage, like whatever yeah. stat you want to use, mm-hmm. he's better than Albert at this point. Obviously you can't, uh, compare careers but at this point he's better in everything you can think of and we need to get him on uh, uh you know his at bat there's yeah. no place for him and if albert yeah. wants to say why well, i can play somewhere else and he's gonna i don't know if he necessarily demanded but from the reports he got upset and he wanted to be mm-hmm. play somewhere and they called him out his bluff i think honestly all right i think honestly he probably <laughs> said fine and release me thinking that he had leverage because of his contract and i think honestly right. the angels called his bluff and said okay fine and that's exactly right. what happened yeah like, and i said before like i'm like i'm about 80 percent sure we won't see him again i just don't see a fit from where yeah he nowhere can be a first baseman or even a dh so if you're talking about dh he's not playing in the nl al Definitely i don't know not. i don't know where you can where there's a you know so many people love these guys that can play multiple positions like even yeah. jd for you guys in a pinch you can put him out in the outfield obviously yeah. not great defensively but you know, if someone needs a day off, you can put him in the outfield and give someone a day off and he can still produce that in that bat. And it's like, you can't really do that with Albert right now. He can't play for, you know, very well, you know, it's like, yeah. and, and it just, you can see it too. When some of the scoops and some of the digs he needed to make, he just didn't make. So yeah. I think it needed to happen. It sucks that it was Albert and how it happened, but if you just take the name away from it, it was a, a, a move that was far overdue. Yeah. I sadly, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> You know, growing up, Pujols, he's one of my favorites of all time. You know, I, I always felt like he should have never left St. Louis. Oh, same thing with me, yeah. I think yeah. I think he should have been a legacy play. Like, you think of, like, Kershaw will, mm. will probably be. We'll see what happens next year. But, you know, Kirby Puckett, uh, Tony Gwynn. BGO. Uh, BGO. Uh, uh, Jeter. Cal, Cal Ripken, Jeter, Mariano. Like, these guys that are synonymous with one team. And yeah. I think Albert will still obviously be synonymous with one team. But when you look up his 500th home run, his 600th home run, his yeah. 661 home run. That's all going to be in Angels uniforms. And it's kind of weird that way. But, I, you know, I'll always think of him as a Cardinal, even more so than an Angel. Yeah. Um, that kind of leads me into one of my questions that I had for you. Uh, what is uh, one of your favorite Albert Pujols moments 
maybe of his entire career and maybe his angels, his so, time on the angels. So one of my favorite moments is something that kind of didn't happen. So like when he was at uh 600, we was at 599. They were at home for the weekend and me and my wife were, oh, we got to see this. We got to see this. So we buy, t- we bought tickets for the Thursday, Friday, Sunday game because mm-hmm. of we had like a family uh like baby shower or something like that something family related on Saturday so we couldn't go so we go Thursday nothing we go Friday nothing and obviously we're at the baby shower I think it was my phone goes off and she looks at me I'm like yep it happened so literally <laughs> bought tickets for the whole weekend yeah except for the one game and it happened so that was kind of funny but I guess on the field and you guys actually talked about it a little bit and DH knows all mm-hmm. about this of the Fernando oh, yeah. Rodney save um, oh yeah it wasn't necessarily a save he was in for like a four out save gets yeah. out of a pressure situation in the eighth and does his little arrow thing and i was actually yep. at this game too so that's it was even, oh, okay it was even better <laughs> yeah because i remember it and then i think they had like a a two-run lead because it wasn't a walk-off when it happened but pool holes ended up hitting trout home to tie it and then that's when mm-hmm. pool holes did the little arrow at trout and trout did a little arrow you know albert's at second and Trout's at home just scored. And so they're doing it to each other. So obviously Rodney's going to see it because it, it's yeah. literally going right over the <laughs> right over the mound. So right. that moment was was awesome. And then I think, it, you know, a batter later, two batters later, they end up walking it off or something like that. Yeah. And it's funny that it came from those two guys from Trout and Bull because they're right. they're pretty low key. They're not That's they're most they're of the trout since, you know, like even yeah. since then kind of deal. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think and the funny part is I didn't see it live because I was so I saw Albert do it. I was like, oh, yeah. that's cool. And because I, I was so focused on him, not yeah. till I got home and actually watched the highlights. I'm like, oh, damn, he was doing it back to Trout. Trout didn't feel like <laughs> that was like that was even better. But yeah, probably that major thing. And then obviously you see is that's kind of cool because I was like I said, it was there in person, but you know, that the the 500, uh, he hit 499 and 500 in the same day, our same game up at yeah. uh, Nationals Park, and then 600 at Angel Stadium, and just you know, all those little um passing this guy and this this, you know, um record or or that standing now he's the fifth in this or the fourth in that that was pretty cool yeah. as it kind of marched up but yeah single yeah. single event i think it would probably be, had to be the rodney thing and a lot of people uh remember that yeah that that was fun i remember seeing i was like yes good for them that's dope yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, the angel fans hated rodney i like i don't i can't i know he was with the angels for a little bit and i think it had to do with his time there because he's never yeah. And he also, never, <laughs> he's never he never met his like what people wanted him to be and i think angel's hands kind of held it against him so ever since then hmm. he would get booed like crazy whenever he was in the mariners for a while every time the way the bullpen yeah. you know being an angel stadium you've seen the bullpens they're yeah, right yeah, yeah. in the, with the stand so you can just you sit there and you see they see roddy warming up and you, you can just hear a bunch of stuff <laughs> they just did not like it so when that happened yeah that, that place went crazy on that sunday we, we we sat one time uh the Sox were in town of course and we sat right next to to the home bullpen. Mm-hmm. It was in the middle of the summer, dude, on a Sunday, like one o'clock game. It was brutal, man. Oh, it's it can. It's I learned bad. that I learned that real quick with my wife uh, when we first started dating, and we're like, "Oh, let's go to games." And she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm down to go games." So we're going to a bunch of games. And the first Sunday game, we're like, "Oh, these look at it, these tickets are up close and they're cheap." We're like, "Hell yeah, let's let's jump on it, <laughs> get those tickets." And yep. Yeah, same thing. Sunday, we're roasting, and I'm like, "All right." This is why they were so cheap because they were like right Mm -hmm. in the middle of the sun. It was probably like July or late June. So yeah, they usually the sock the socks are usually in town in like the middle of July, Mm -hmm. roughly. Yeah, I think it it varies. Let me see. I could probably pull it up and see when they are. But like year, this year is going to be August. If uh, let me see, or is it June? 
July. Oops, hold on. My phone's actually July fifth. July fifth, six, seven. Yes. Yeah. So right after the Fourth of July weekend. Um, but yeah. yeah, ever since then, we 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 mapped out. Okay, where what gets shade, and at what point does it mm. get shade? So now, if we yeah. ever go to a Sunday game, we know okay, <laughs> we're for these, you know, five or six sections because we know we're going to be good for the whole game. So that's kind of yeah. our Sunday. Uh, the fit in with your Sunday league, the podcast, our Sunday baseball <laughs> kind of uh, uh, yeah experience for sure. So yeah. I, like I said, I I, I I talked to DH. He kind of talked about it Sunday league the podcast, but you also have your own podcast. You're kind of also reaching out on your own on your own <laughs> little voyage. Uh, talk about Soxy yeah. time. It's Soxy time. Uh, well, it's really just a Red Sox podcast. Uh, okay. Some some crappy takes and uh, <laughs> just giving misinformed information, I suppose. I mean, I, I really all I'm really trying to do right now is just 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 get better at at the whole podcasting thing, like doing the solo thing, because it's hard. tough, man. Like talking to yourself is it's insanely hard. And and growing up, like I wasn't much of a talker. Like I had mentioned to you, like you know, I'm a little shy and stuff if like that. If you listen to the podcast, you would never think that. Oh no no no! That's that's two different people. <laughs> Who I am right now, and the, and that guy on there is two different people. <laughs> yeah, like right here, like I'm just Ralph right now, but right. but on the podcast, <laughs> that's, that switch. guy's a yeah. that guy's a psychopath, <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah, I, I flip that switch sometimes, man. But uh, I, I mean, um, yeah, Soxy time. Like it's just it, it's just kind of like a solo project that I wanted to try out, and uh, it's going okay. It's going okay. Just the hardest part is uh, being consistent and uh, and life life in general is yeah. just it, it sometimes it gets in the way other times it's like like i'm too tired or or right. something like that you know well i guess but, the good uh, thing for you is that they're east coast so you know the majority of their games yeah. are going to be early. over by yeah. like you know 7 30 maybe 8 if it goes like really long where yeah here it's like like we mentioned before damn it's like 11 o'clock and they're just barely in the bottom of the ninth now kind of deal yeah, it's frustrating. Um, on as a matter of fact, on the logo, I, I intentionally put the put the clock because it's like a clock with a baseball right, in it, like right. integrated into it. I intentionally have the clock for four o'clock because like that's that's when it's it's socks time for me. <laughs> so you mean it's not seven oh five? No, it's uh six sixteen right now. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, well, in, but, inside joke. But, so definitely yeah, check inside out the podcast and get that. Exactly, but no. Um, <laughs> Oski, I, I thank you so much for have for have uh, for jumping on. Um, really appreciate the the view of the Boston Red Sox again. Angels start a three game series in Boston on Friday. Um, early games, obviously, all week because they are on the West Coast. So check the times and and all yeah. that stuff. But uh, thank you very much, and I really appreciate what you do here, um, jumping on, and then obviously everything you do with Plenty of the Podcast. Again, great podcast, funny podcast. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Definitely check it out. Yeah, go go check that out. Check out all our stuff. You find all the links in our descriptions and all that all that stuff. But uh, uh, there was two two more questions that I want to ask oh, you go right yeah, be go before we hop off. Um, let me see. I had it written down right here. Uh, this one's just a real quick uh, MVP: Trout or Otani? Right now, Otani, because he's doing it at both ends right now. Okay, which is crazy uh, they, to think. Oh, yeah. yeah, and um, that leads me into my second question: Do you think? How can I word this? Was was Shohei Otani strike out Shohei Otani or vice versa? Hit a home run. Oh, how do you damn. think that that those at bats would go? Otani versus Otani. I mean, he just barely gave up his first hit last night off his cutter, and it was like a dribbler down the third base line that was just so slow, no one can get to it in time. And that's the first base hit off his cutter. Like, 
Mm-hmm. But he has he doesn't necessarily have a great changeup, and it seems like his changeup or he struggles batting wise changeup away. So I don't. Oh man. Uh, and he's man, a man, a uh, lefty hitter, righty. So you don't have the lefty lefty thing either. So yeah. if I was got, bet, uh-huh. he's got that nasty bet, split. <laughs> nasty split. If I had to take a bet, though, I think if we go ten times, I think. Otani batter is probably getting at least two hits. I don't think he goes yard, but I think there's an extra base hit somewhere in there. But okay. I, I think I don't think it's completely shut down one way or the other. I, I'd say out of ten, he probably gets two hits. I would say like a single and a double, and that single he'll probably end up stealing the base off of uh, pitching Shohei because Shohei doesn't have a <laughs> quick quick move to home yet. So uh, there you yeah. go. I'll say that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, there you go, man. <laughs> That's you all go. I got well, for you. No, again, uh, check out again, like I said, Boski on Sunday League, the podcast with Rube and DH. Uh, the trio does a great job. So uh, thanks again. And we will be right back after. The- it's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now going to be on pro basketball and the start of the major league baseball season. BetOnline.ag has your betting action covered in the NBA. The conference races are heating up as the teams prepare to make their push for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, like it is mine, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, guess what? BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates, and this is the place for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. And we are back. Again, thank you, uh, Boski, for talking. Uh, You know, Red Sox with this series coming up, and we'll see how it plays out this weekend. But now going to talk to chris this is the first time we've had we you've been on the podcast since the whole albert pujols being dfa'd i already kind of said my two cents about it how do you feel and what were your thoughts when you saw that news kind of come across all right 10 years ago i was in san francisco for a wedding i watched the press conference from when albert was originally signed one of the greatest days of my life (laughs) um Fast forward 10 years later, uh, we know he did not live up to any expectations that we had. We talked about the splits in St. Louis versus Anaheim. And they're like so So wide. opposite end, yeah. Yeah, we're talking like a 330 average um, versus like a 260, 240, something like that. Um, do I can I do I feel sad for Albert? I don't. Because you saw a lot of people on there like, oh, how can you do it to the Hall of Famer? How can you do it to Albert? Like, do you think it was like in poor taste, I guess? It was, I was shocked. Okay. I was, I was uh, actually uh, teaching in class and I started getting my phone blown up. And I think Daniel <laughs> had a text. Somebody else had a text. You see what's going on with Albert? I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to stop. I got to go. I got to look it up. Um, it was, it was shocking. But I feel if Albert at the beginning of the year would have said, this is my last year. Exactly. Then, then they would have had to honor the process. Uh, yep. Like, and if they, if they, you know, did what they did, it would have been, it would have been 10 times re- worse. 10 times worse. And knowing like kind of the backstory, what kind of blew up the night before with him not being in the lineup. And 
uh, him criticizing Joe Madden, saying he's like a terrible manager. No idea what he's doing. Um, um, and he wanted to play every day. Yeah. And so if which, you want to play every day, he's not going to play every day on no. the Angels. He knew that from the beginning of the year. He, he has, has he play. hasn't played every day for a long time. So if he wants to play every day, he basically was asking for his release because that was not going to happen. And I would love to go to a job where they owed me like $30 million <laughs> and they just cut me and they said, here's your $30 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and we always say like, what a great, you know, uh, guy Albert is off the field. And I really do appreciate that. I applaud that. I tip my hat to that, but we can't, we can't count that in what he's producing on the field. Right. That, that doesn't show up on the back of a baseball card. No, it doesn't. I mean, and then too, like he does, I honestly like he does great stuff with his charity and, and yeah. his wife's charity. Like they do great stuff, but it's like, it's funny though, too, because fan wise. So people that aren't connected to that charity or, you know, maybe doesn't affect or isn't affected by that charity directly. You talk to some people and it's like, oh, Albert's the hardest. He doesn't sign for fans. He's the hardest guy to get because he doesn't sign for fans. So it's like, yeah, he does all this stuff for the charity, which is great. But it's like when it comes to like the common fan with the common, you know, hey, picture, hey, ball, he's not that great. And have you seen his rates for like getting signings yeah. that are, you know, prearranged? Like they're insane. We're talking right. like eight hundred dollars for a base. Which I understand. It's like that. he's all Hall of Famer, but, and you know, top be... ten. Yeah. So sure. it's like I don't know. I just feel like yeah, but he hasn't been cool with like the common fan. It seems like for a long time. He like, did sideswipe a baseball for Courtney and I. Yeah. With the sharpie at spring Not training. The best, but twenty. Hey, I'll take it. I'll yeah, take exactly. It. I'll take we still have sure. that in the in the trophy case at home. But Albert today has officially cleared waivers officially is a free agent and how it works now angels still owe him the money obviously he can sign for the league minimum or the prorated league minimum at this point whatever it is for the season and that will be deducted from what the angels owe him but that's such a small amount yeah. that's still going to be he's like, carrying 30 million he's still gonna get like 29.8 million dollars this season or whatever it is so it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out in the next you know days weeks you know maybe even months i don't know but i put it out on instagram i want to know what you think and i've said it before i'm about 80 percent sure that we've seen the last of albert what do you think is he is he gonna no, he, play he, he signs you think he signs do you have a idea as far as where he was signed or maybe like a certain St. louis you think st louis yeah but they have goldschmidt no, he signs just to write it out. Do you think so? Because yeah. if his whole deal was, I want to play, he's not going to play there. Well, then he's playing in the Royals. Maybe the Royals. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess the Royals. There are, I don't yeah. Know. If not that, he is going to not sign, and mm -hmm. he's going to play for the Olympics. He's gonna play That'd be the, interesting to see. The DR Olympic uh, team. And just kind of go out with his home with with his home country and represent the country and all that. So, so like I mentioned, I think I think those are the options for sure. So, yeah, I don't think he signs. And I put it up on our Instagram at Halo no underscore farewell. Haven. No, farewell so. no, because if you like you said, if he would have said that at the beginning of this year, it would have happened. But it just like, oh, I don't know. It's like, okay, dude, you're not, you're. And it's like one of those athletes that isn't gonna get a farewell. It's Ken Griffey Jr. It's um. 
Vladimir Guerrero. It's uh, Willie Mays. Like these guys that go to these like secondary teams that, oh, that's right. He did play for them at the end of his career. No. Like people don't even remember. Like, yeah. I Willie Mays. The whole is farewell a tour thing is like a new, it's a new it's phenomenon. Like, yeah. And, and like, oh, he felt so disrespected, but it is a business. Right. Number one, mm-hmm. he got his money. Oh, yeah. Um, if you and I got fired from our job tomorrow, we're not getting anything in the paycheck that we've already paid. We're not getting, anything uh, we're not future. getting anything. We're getting a boot in the ass. Right. And I don't know how we could cry for him for that. He didn't produce. Right. Yeah. He got fired basically. And it's like, people are like, well, he's a hall of famer. I'm like, he was a hall of famer for St. Louis. He wasn't a hall of famer for like, yeah. I honestly think if, if he would have retired probably at the time where he left St. Louis, there would have been a good chance. He still makes the hall of fame. You know, obviously the 500th and the 600th home run happened as an Angels player, but it's like I don't know. It's just like okay, cool, but he he, what, he didn't produce Hall of Fame numbers for the Angels at any point. And St. Louis was like, bye. So I'm like, well, St. Louis should have resigned him. I mean, he's a legacy guy. He's a guy that's you know should be going down as a St. Louis Cardinal from from draft to retirement, but that that didn't happen. So you know that's interesting. And so. On our Instagram, I put out there, do you think Albert plays again? And 54% said yes, 46% says no. So even then, our our followers are, are, are pre-split on, you know, does Albert play again or not? But either way you look at it, Hall of Famer, regardless of kind of I kind of felt regardless of what the Angels we did with the Angels, unless they went on some crazy streak winning World Series, he was always gonna go in as a Cardinal in the Hall oh, of Fame. Yeah, so, sure. I mean, that doesn't change anything. The only I, thing- well, I know he he's, like, talks about entertaining, like, the no logo cap. and No, he needs to but go now, in the Cardinal. Now? He needs to go in the Cardinal. Yeah, he got, he dis- needs- he got disrespected, and he's going to go in his Cardinal for sure. You know, do you think he's unanimous? Oh, yeah, 100%. So, was it Mariano is the only unanimous? No, nah, he's unanimous. So... You know, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, Albert's out there. We'll see if he gets signed or picked up. Anywhere, nah, I wish but... the best for Albert, for sure. Right. And, and I mean, he's, what is he, like 41, 42, which really means he's like 44, 45. Oh, he's 50. <laughs> he's 50. Dominican years, he's 50. Um, we know, we all know that. But then we saw Walsh come right back out. Yeah. And show why why we released them so yeah so i mean i think the angels are in good hands as far as the dh slash first base position with yeah. otani once right Upton, field shifted or, uh, from walsh having walsh. to go back to first that's when that you know separation needed to happen for sure and like he like you mentioned like you felt he felt disrespected because he didn't start against a guy that he had previous success for but again that's like years past do you think he still he still should have had that cachet, if you would like call his shot. Like, I want to start against this guy regardless of what your plans are. Do you think he deserved that at that point in his career, you know, his numbers being what they were? Yeah, I would yeah. say so. You think so? For sure. I don't know. I just feel like, well, maybe that means, you know, Artie's kind of stepping in. I make, think Albert, in his mind, in his, his mind, he thinks he's fast. <laughs> he, he can't thinks, think he's fast. He thinks he's oh. like 22, 22 year old fast. Albert. He wants to play third base 
And like we saw him trying to tag up on that ball like a few days earlier before he was released. And I'm like, does that have anything to do with him being released? But like in his mind, he really thinks he's fast. You think he can be trout like in a 90 yard yeah, dash? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think he does. So. He's like, I won't be able to Tony, but I definitely can get trout on that. Sure. So again, Albert, free agent. We'll see how it goes. You know, maybe he's done, maybe he's not. But if he's if he is done. Uh, what is it? Five years until you can get inducted into the Hall of Fame. So twenty twenty six. Write it down. He's gonna, he's gonna be in there. Definitely first ballot Hall of Famer. So, before we go, we're almost done. And and if you're still listening, thank you. We're about. I think it's probably the longest podcast. The lights went off. I know. It's I don't know what happened. happened. <laughs> Chris is gonna have to like pay the electricity bill. Solar, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But good thing we still have Wi Fi. So that is what really counts. Um, real re- recap. Uh, minor league season has started. It's about a week and a half in. Some highlights of what has happened so far, and we'll start with like the IE. Obviously, we are based in Riverside, so the IE is really close and looking forward to getting out to some more games once they come back for their second homestand of the season. But um, Jeremiah Jackson, one of the big names out there, uh, struggling a little bit right now. He has one home run, six RBIs, two stolen bases, but his on-base on plus slugging is under 500, so not a great Started the season, but again, these guys are young. The season's young. We'll see how it goes. A guy that has really been uh, impressing me so far at Illinois Empire is Kyreen Paris, uh, the second round draft pick in 2019. He is batting 296, four RBIs, 19 years old, and gets this again. They've been like this is like their second week of the games, already has eight stolen bases. Dang. So he <laughs> is definitely a threat on the base pads. And so that's really good to see that. A, He's getting on and B that when he gets on, even if it's a single, it's, you know, it's for the most part, turning into double really quickly. So that's awesome to see in the Tri-City Dust Devils, the new high A affiliate of the Angels up in the Washington area. Jordan Adams is kind of like the key guy or the main guy there uh, so far. He's only had 10 at bats. So, again, not a big sample size for a lot of these guys. Batting 300 with a home run, four RBIs on base plus slugging is over a thousand. So, wow. So, you know, again, early, early numbers, but definitely a guy where if the Angels are contending and 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 for a playoff spot and they're looking to make additions at the trade deadline, if this guy is, you know, producing and showing a lot of promise, he could be a guy that can get you a, a really good arm coming to trade deadline to kind of, again, depending on what the Angels do and where they're going to be at at the time. Uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas, double A affiliate, brand new double A affiliate, had a delay their opening year a whole year which kind of sucked like you feel like they're rushing yeah they're the like done all ready all to go cool logo yeah i think you i think you I have a hat cop in the hat yeah, yeah and then 2020 no no season so they start the season new double affiliate out in alabama reed detmers is the big guy there obviously uh number uh, first round draft pick last year out of louisville a pitcher that a lot of angel fans are Hoping that can, you know, join Chris Rodriguez in that rotation maybe next year. Some people were even saying this year, which I don't think is going to happen. But next year is a whole different story. We'll see how it goes. But he's only pitched in two games. So, again, small sample size. ERA is above seven right now. But he's only pitched in six and a third innings. So, again, really small sample size. 11 strikeouts. His most recent start, though, it was pretty good. Went four and two-thirds innings with only two earned runs, one walk, nine strikeouts. And I think some reports are coming out that he was touching like 96, 97. Wow. So, again, early sample size. I'm sure we'll visit back as the season goes. But 
a guy that the Angels and Angel fans have a lot of uh, hope for coming into this uh, next year and hopefully uh, years to come. And quick shout out to Orlando Martinez, also on the Roxy Trash Panda, is another outfielder that a real athletic outfielder. Um, on May seventh, went four for six, three home runs, wow, a double, goodness, six RBIs. So, you know, it just seems like the Angels are stacked with, you know, obviously you have Brandon Marsh, Joe Adele, but there's some guys underneath them too that might not get the same kind of pub as those guys, but are still able to. Con- well, I mean, going back to Jared Walsh, he was never like put out there as like a big prospect right. at all. And then something clicked and you just never yeah, know. He's, he was sneaky. Yeah. He snuck up on a lot of people. Yeah. So maybe this is Orlando's, maybe one of those guys. That's Orthy, right? Was that? Is that Orthy? Orthy. Oh, isn't there like a prospect named Orthy? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, look. I thought it was, I was thinking. No, Orlando oh. Martinez. So, okay. Maybe I don't know. I'll ask ask him. But anyways, and then you have the Salt Lake Bees, obviously the AAA affiliate. Um, Austin Warren, we talked to on the podcast before. Uh, reliever, two games, zero ERA, four innings pitched, but seven strikeouts. So I mean, four innings pitched and seven strikeouts. That's a really good ratio. No runs, a couple hits. Uh, you know, maybe a guy that we see later in the year if the issues with the bullpen kind of continue and they need to kind of cycle through guys and. We'll see how that goes, but he's had a really good start of the year. And also, obviously, Joe Adele with 26 at-bats, three home runs, seven RBIs, one stolen base, on-base plus slugging at 964. So nice. this is, again, coming into Thursday night. They're playing right now. Uh, Salt Lake is, so I'm not too sure if what he's done. But one thing we do know for sure that has happened tonight uh, with Salt Lake is Brandon Marsh has been activated and started his first game, and then his second at bat of the season for him, this happens. Defensive gyms before long. Here's the pitch. That's driven into left center field. Long run for Trammell, still going back, and that ball is gone! Just over the barrier in left center field. Brandon Marsh with his first triple-A home run. The Bees regain the lead at 3-2. to two. So Brandon Marsh, first home run of the season and a second at bat of the season. So again, if if him and Joe are clicking, you know, I, I still think Joe probably gets called up first the, uh, before Brandon. But you know, if if he hits the ground running, wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe in September or or you know, yeah. definitely, definitely, I think at the beginning of next year if he has a good spring training. So it's great to see him back out there, highly motivated this year for personal reasons, and I think he'll have a great, great year. And with him and Joe there, you already know their relationship. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch as the season progresses. And again, those are the minor league kind of updates right now, and we'll kind of sprinkle them in as the season goes because you know Chris and I both really enjoy going down to Ellen Empire and checking out some of the younger guys, and it's just fun to see guys develop. And then now you see Chris Rodriguez, you see Jared Walsh, you see these guys that are you know contributing to the Angels that you're like, oh yeah, I remember him at Ellen Empire. Oh, yeah, I remember Taylor Ward, Matt Dice. Yeah, like, it just goes on and on. So that's sure. that's always a lot of fun. So definitely, if you are if you are in the Inland Empire area, I know OC guys, it, it might be a little bit of a harder drive. But if you're in Inland Empire, San Bernardino, Riverside, Rancho, you know, Upland, whatever, definitely go check out uh, the Inland Empire 66ers. It's a lot of fun, and their season is going uh, pretty strong now. Uh, first home stand was is done, and their second home stand is coming up right around the corner. So. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels podcast. We'll be back again Sunday, hopefully with some good news with the Boston series. Um, But Boston is definitely a tough team. So, again, we'll be back Sunday. Follow us on Instagram, Halo underscore Haven. Same thing with Twitter, Halo underscore Haven, to know exactly when the next 
podcast will be recording. And if you have a question at any point, go ahead and email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. So I am Down Garcia, joined with the curator. And we'll be we'll see you next time. Uh, and go Halo. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.